Welcome to Season 8 of the Keeping Things Alive podcast out of Western New York. My name is Laura Evans. I'm a former environmental lawyer, current natural resources planner, animal lover, and gardener. I'm also the author of Silent Seasons, Chasing Sustainability Through the Law, which is available as an ebook, paperback, and audiobook. The Keeping Things Alive podcast is here to explore the opportunities and challenges as we all live together on this beautiful, living, and interconnected planet Earth. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Keeping Things Alive podcast. We're in the beginning of season eight, and so welcome. I'm really happy to be here, and I, yeah, I'm trying to focus this season on a lot of the sustainability lessons that I talk about in my book, Silent Seasons, Chasing Sustainability Through the Law. So that book came out in paperback last fall. We're now in the summer of 2023, which is kind of amazing. Um, And a few months ago, the book came out on audiobook, and I narrated it, and that will come up today in our talk. So I'm doing things a little differently today. I'm introducing the episode just straight up and in front of me, which is also kind of new since like COVID. I haven't had very many in-person interviews. Like they've most of the interviews have been over Zoom, a few exceptions. But yeah, my cousin Susie DeVoe is here with me right now. And so I'm really excited to share with you how she's been keeping things alive. And Susie, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's really an honor. Uh, my name is Susie DeVoe, and I'm an associate certified pranic healer and founder of Rainbow Spirit Healing. And I help people heal physically, mentally, and emotionally so they can really step in their power and do the things that their heart feels called to do and be of service to the world. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no, I've definitely been a client and person that you've, you know, as you've been training, have been supporting as well. And so it's been really fun to watch you grow and your yeah business and your healing and everything. So I'm really happy to have you here. So thank you. Aww, thank you. Um, I was going to, I do want to know where did you grow up and what was that like? But I also would like you to tell the listeners where you currently live and why. That's a great question. Currently, I live in Denver, Colorado, and I moved there from Maryland because, I mean, I love the East Coast. Everyone's very ambitious and career-oriented and very productive, which is a positive, but the shadow of that is that people don't rest a lot. And so I felt like I wanted to go to a place that was more relaxing, more connected to nature, um, and... I'm so glad I moved there. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of creativity, a lot of art. People are more relaxed and kind, and the mountains there are really beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I I guess I haven't been there this year. It was it's already been since last April 2022. But I really Mm -hmm. liked uh, being there and yeah, visiting with you and going to Rocky Mountain National Park and yeah, just all of the access to being in nature like really amazing. (laughs) like breathtaking nature so fast yeah Yeah, I'm definitely blessed to be there and I know everyone that lives there is very grateful for being so close to such amazing nature too yeah oh yeah no it was great Mm -hmm. so yeah where did you grow up and what was that like we'll just yep go straight into into the question definitely yeah Yeah, I'm from Columbia Maryland so it's outside of Baltimore in between Washington DC and Baltimore I grew up in the suburbs 
and I grew up in a middle-class family. Um, I had I had a really nice upbringing, I'd say. Um, I think, you know, with parents, they're always trying their best and doing the best they can. It wasn't perfect. I didn't get everything I needed, <laughs> but I'm grateful for it. And I went to, I went to a private school, um, which was interesting because I was always a more kind of alternative child. I hung out with kind of alternative people and I, I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily mainstream. Um, but going into that, the going to the private school, there was definitely like a pressure to go to the best college and get the best job. Um, and so I ended up going to college in Bristol, England, and I just felt the need to like get out of the United States, um, and just get away from where I grew up. I remember you making that choice and just being like, wow, like I never would have thought to do that, but it was, I thought it was brilliant. (laughs) Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I I spent three years, um, I majored in politics there. But the interesting thing is, I think, you know, when someone goes to college, their parents and everyone expect them to just like study and do really well and get good grades. But the first two years, uh, I partied a lot, but (laughs) I felt that it was Um, a desire to experience something outside of the traditional school structure. Right. So it was fun talking to different people. It was fun talking to people all night and going dancing. And there was a lot of art and music where I lived in Bristol. So it was so amazing to experience that. Yeah. 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 And then after I graduated from college, um, it it never occurred to me like, oh, you graduate and then you interview and you get like a real professional job. Right. <laughs> it just never occurred to me. So instead, um, I I paid my bills through hospitality, through serving and bartending. And I, for the next few years in my 20s, I would work for a year or two and then I would go traveling. Mm-hmm. And I'd work for a year or two, then I'd go traveling. So that brought me to, in my 20s, living in Seoul, Korea, teaching English. And then it led me to traveling through like India and Myanmar at the time and Nepal and um, Thailand. And then I lived in Australia for a year working on a remote resort like in in the Western Australia in the outback in the middle of nowhere, which was really cool. Um, And then I got to travel through parts of South America. Um, So I took a more alternative route, which looking back makes sense to where I am now, because it allows me to help other people have the courage to choose non-traditional paths of living. And it's really about choosing a path of living that really resonates with you and not allowing society's pressures and standards to hold you back from doing what you want to do in your beautiful life that you're blessed to have. You know? yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, yeah, can you just, I, yeah, I will keep like randomly asking questions <laughs> that I didn't have on the list. Um, but like, can you just give a somewhat, you know, brief story of like one place that you lived where you were just, really just surprised like yeah from where you grew up and what that was like to like yeah a different country in a different place like what's something that pops into your mind is like a wow like there are very different ways to live like at yeah. the same time um yeah yeah I mean the two that really pop in my head are South Korea and India but India is my favorite place in the whole world so far so I'll, I'll just talk about India I mean India's it's, it's amazing because obviously there's a lot more poverty and that is really shocking when you go there as um, someone who lives in a more um, wealthy 
um, develops country. Um, but at the same time, it's so inspiring because people are so innovative. Like with mm-hmm. what they have, they'll make it work. Like they're very, they'll make money with what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's less resources for each person, um, especially with like more poor families with a lot of children. So that was, it's hard to see, but also it's in, in a way it's inspiring to be like, well, I don't really need all this stuff. Like right. I can, we, we don't really need that much, but it was also cool to see how people do find happiness and joy, even if they don't have much like in the material world, I guess mm. that was really inspirational. And I love India too, because it's so psychologically stimulating. Like okay. you'll for each day you'll walk out in the street <laughs> And you'll just see the craziest things. Like you'll see people on motorcycles with like a huge mountain of things just tied on the back. You'll see a motorcycle with an entire family of five people somehow mm. squished on. Mm-hmm. Like you'll just see the wildest things. I mean, there's cows everywhere and like people are burning trash. And like that's obviously not not cool. But yeah. to me, it was just it was so incredible to see people living so differently and even the way they say yes and no, the way they wobble their head is totally different. Mm. Um, okay. And so even even gestures like that, you're just like, what is going on? Like, did right. he say yes or no? I don't know. <laughs> his head went like this, but he's. it sounds like he's saying no. You know, okay. it's, just th- it's just things like that where it just you don't take any cultural standards um, or values as... Um, as given, I guess. <laughs> right, right. No, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you. Uh huh. So, how? Yeah, how did you? So, we're going to talk today about Rainbow Spirit Healing and your business, and a lot of that is connected to pranic healing. So, I guess kind of wrapping up two questions in one, like, what is pranic healing? How do you explain that to people? But then also, how did you discover it? If you want to take those separately, I, I get it, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I'll just say how I discovered it. Yeah. Uh, first, and then start going, going what into is. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was traveling around um, South America, I was traveling through Peru and I was um, in the Sacred Valley where there's a lot of Incan ruins um, mm. and the Andes and the Andes have this incredible energy. And you'll go to these ruins, these Incan ruins, and it just feels, I don't know, it just has an insane energy to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I was, at the time, I was like visiting these different ruins. And um, and it was kind of at a point in my life where I didn't really have a purpose. And I knew that and I was frustrated by that. But I reached this point actually on my travels there that I decided that I was not going to have a purpose and I was just going to work in hospitality, work on cruise ships, and just go traveling and partying. And that will just be my life, and I'll just enjoy that. Um, and so at that time, my friend from England came and visited me. And we used to kind of like, I don't know, party and stuff in the past. So we thought, oh, let's do ayahuasca. Like, it'll be fun. It'll be like old times. And yeah. so I'd actually met a woman on a bus who had a really incredible ayahuasca ceremony with this British shaman named Paul. And there was no way to contact Paul except through Facebook at that time. So I like message, found him on Facebook, messaged him. And he was located in this small town um, in this in the Andes Valley called Pisac. So we took a trip to Pisac and we met with Paul and he was so kind. Like he, wa- he wanted to meet with everyone before the ceremony. And 
it was kind of intense. Like he was talking about things like fairies and like um, gods and goddesses and like other energetic entities. And we're like, okay, this guy's absolutely crazy, but he's really sweet. So like, let's just do it. So (laughs) we did this ayahuasca ceremony um, where he spent like an hour before and we were just, he was leading us in chanting and like energetically protecting the room, which looking back, he was like a legit real shaman doing energetic practices. He was actually shielding, but the time was like, yo, this guy's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, so we had like the ceremony and at the end, um, you know, we went back to my hotel, to our hotel. My friend went to sleep and I stayed up and I was just sitting there being like, oh my God, (laughs) like this guy is, is, is right. Like, it was like something really shifted within me where I was like, there are other dimensions. There are subtle energies. I can almost sense these subtle energies now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, I walked outside and every all the colors were like so vibrant. And I just felt like I could feel on like these deeper levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it was never the same. So I really consider that my spiritual awakening and I'm not saying everyone should go out and do ayahuasca like that will work for everyone or nor should you because it's a very powerful tool that should only be taken like lightly and respectfully. Mm-hmm. But that's just where I, I feel like I, I was at a point where I really opened up to other possibilities by letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and yeah. And so from then on out, I just became obsessed with reading different spiritual books and like different healing modalities like shamanism and like acupuncture and channeling like I had this insatiable desire it, it was like overnight it was it was really mm-hmm. crazy so after that um I also did like an ayahuasca ceremony um deeper in the jungle we also did this plant medicine called sanango um which apparently resets your nervous system it was actually scary looking back I was like taking these weird plant medicines right. from some random guy in the middle of the jungle alone that would actually like free like pair like slightly paralyze you your nervous system is like being reset so i mean looking back i'm like wow i was stupid but i also think i was guided at the same time yeah so i was gonna travel originally up through south america and through central america somehow back to the states and i decided i was going to change my plans and um, go to india instead to really explore this new side of spirituality i was open up to Mm. so i went back to india and then i spent a few months in rishikesh which is in central India, or the north India, actually. And it's the capital of yoga. Mm. There's a lot of yoga teacher training centers there, a lot of healing there. Mm -hmm. So I started with um, a yoga teacher training. And I liked that, but it wasn't quite my calling. But then I, through that, I met a woman, a Reiki teacher, a Reiki master there. So I took the first two levels of Reiki from her. um, Mm. And then... How long did that take? I'm just curious. Um, I was there for a few months. Okay. So I've probably been practicing Reiki maybe for like two months. Like okay. I think she gave the, um, I forgot what it's called, like the initiation. Yeah, yeah. initiation mm-hmm. or something. At, at, like, not like, activation. Uh, but yeah, I know what you're saying and I can't think of the word. Right. I think she she gave, she had a few weeks in between to let the energy settle and you have to practice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then I kept on asking questions like, well, what about the chakras? Like I wanted to know this deeper level of knowledge that I could not access through her. And I'm sure there's other schools of Reiki that might have been able to do that. But I started searching online and I would ask these questions about the etheric body and the chakras and pranic healing answers kept on popping up on Google. Mm-hmm. 
And it was like, oh, this pranic healing. Wow. So I actually contacted um, two older teachers. They were a couple that lived in Dharamsala, which is the Tibet, where the Tibetan government in exile resides and where the Dalai Lama right, resides. Right, right. So I decided to do a three-month healing program with them. Mm-hmm. So I spent three months with them in Dharamsala. And they taught all kinds of different modalities, like how do you heal with yoga asana? How does that affect the energy system? How do you heal with crystals, with mudras, with sounds? And they then they taught like basically their version of pranic healing, which they kind of like they they claimed to be theirs, but then I realized like they were they were just basically copying it from pranic healing. But <laughs> yeah. I love that the most. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is pranic healing, great. So when I went back to the states finally after my six month visa had expired, um, I actually invested in real pranic healing certified courses. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. So pranic healing is a more modern systematic form of energy healing that uses life force energy to heal the body, the mind, and emotions. Mm -hmm. The thing I love about it is we learn how to scan energy using our hand chakras. Mm -hmm. So I can, when I start with a client, a session, I will scan into their energy center, energy centers or chakras and scan like where the energetic blockage is, Mm. where the negative thoughts, negative emotions, um, that are blocking energy in this person's energy system. And then I'll go in and I'll energetically, well, I'll remove those energetic blockages, usually the top layer, because we have many, many layers, but I'll remove the top layer that I can remove, yeah. which will provide some relief. And then once those are removed from the chakras, I will energize with fresh life force energy, mm-hmm. um, which will accelerate the natural healing rate of the physical body but also will make you feel so much more centered, calm, uplifted, positive, loving, and relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that'll, I mean, it does sound wild, but it also makes a lot of sense to me. And I've definitely like done some sessions with you and they have been, yeah, really helpful. Um, I guess, yeah, it's like, usually been like an hour or so and I'm kind of like yeah like laying down and just I kind of like meditate or breathe or whatever but I really have noticed like it's really I don't know I haven't I have done it somewhat consistently but not like all the time and I to me it like it really does complement acupuncture really like everything that I do like yoga like gardening <laughs> like and then i i guess i don't know um i'm kind of slipping like going around but like even for the audiobook that i made i did like the twin hearts meditation like before i recorded every session cuz i really felt like what i learned from narrating my book is that like your voice is like an instrument and like it's really important for your entire body to be like energetically like chill, like your nervous system should be calm and like all of these things. And so, um, yeah, drink a lot of water, be hydrated, but like your voice and like, you know, if you're like tight in your emotions and your body, like your throat's tightening up and stuff. So I had just done like three sessions with you right before I started. And part of it was the twin hearts meditation. And I just felt so good after doing it, it, like in my throat too, that I decided to do it before I narrated. Like, And I don't know, I probably, 
I think I did over the course of like five days. So I probably did it like five days in a row, like wow. when I did it. So anyway, I just wanted to say all of those things. Um, and yeah, could you talk about the Twin Hearts meditation then a little more? That's kind of the context and connection to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Laura, because I didn't know that before this interview. <laughs> right. I, I think that's so amazing. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. Yeah. So the Twin Hearts Meditation, um, it's a meditation that is kind of the bread and butter of pranic healing, but really it's a more ancient meditation that was reintroduced by the founder of pranic healing, Grandmaster Choa Kuksui. And what it does is it activates your heart chakra, which is the center of love and connection with like people we know, with our pets, things like that. And then it also activates the crown chakra, which is located at the top of your head. And that's our spiritual center and the energy center connected to universal love. So it's our connection to the universe and everything else. And so once those are activated, then you spend quite a long time channeling high frequency energies of like love, kindness, healing into the earth. So you imagine there's like a small earth in front of you. So not only are you channeling these high frequency energies through your energy system, which is essentially like an energetic shower, a lot of your negative thoughts, negative emotions and energetic blockages are washed, flushed out of your system. So you feel great. But you're also healing the earth. And even though it feels like, oh, it's one person healing the earth, it's like, no, but like we're all connected. So mm -hmm. you just making the decision to spend 20 minutes out of your day blessing and healing the earth has a ripple effect out into the consciousness of everyone else. Um, and it's it just slowly shifts things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so it's not only healing you, but it's yeah. also healing the earth. Right. It's also connecting you more to your soul energy and your deeper truth as well. There's many different layers to it, but it's it definitely is like a powerful meditation. And one thing is that the the goal moving forward with humanity is to really open our hearts, the heart yeah. chakra and the crown chakra. Mm -hmm. And it's related to sustainability in the environment yeah, as well. Yeah, right. Going, yep, exactly. I want to talk exact. Yep. How is pranic healing <laughs> connected to sustainability, yeah. supporting people and Mother Earth? So, yeah, we're going straight into it. Yeah, well, I think um, your book, Silent Seasons, is really a symbol of the answer to us stepping into our power and really feeling connected to the earth and really making changes on a grassroots community level. Because right now as a society, we have our lower chakras activated, which are connected to survival, which are connected to the ego, which we need those activated. And we also have the shock, the energy centers connected to the mind are very activated in our society. We're very mental and we're very mm. um, strong, good at making money, and we have a strong ego. However, moving forward, the key is activating the heart and then the crown chakras so that we we do things with love and compassion and kindness. And we also feel our connection with each other and with the earth and that will really guide us in making the right decisions with our energy and our time and our money that are more in line with the healing um the healing and of the earth and also of society in general 
yeah i i love that thank you and i really do believe that like we are the earth and so it's mm-hmm. like yeah what i mean they're yeah what so when we are like taking care of the earth we're taking care of ourselves and yeah, yeah so i really love how that yep definitely came through because I don't think I did the twin heart meditation until after like a few sessions with you. So in that way, like I was being a little bit more passive, although you have so many resources and like practices that you can do in your spare spare time or like, you know, not during a session. So that was really helpful. But then I remember coming to this meditation and just being like, whoa, like this is totally sustainability. Like, and I, you know, I mean, this was... I I found it, you know, earlier this year, like before I recorded the audiobook, but not when I wrote the book. So I just, it was a really interesting thing that I, because I wrote the book in like 2021, 2022. So mm. um, yeah, I just, I'm really grateful for it. And I like how, yeah, I do talk about gardening and acupuncture um, and a few, you know, sleep and rest when I need it, but I don't really get into the spiritual realm of things so much in the book. Um, although just, you know, referring to mother earth, I guess is about as far as I go, but, um, it's definitely a big part of it. And I, I do really like what you're saying about, yeah, the heart and the mind. And then also I think the way that pranic healing, like that particular meditation and even Reiki, like how it comes out your hands, like mm-hmm. if it goes through your head and your heart and then out your hands, I really, I like that concept. Mm-hmm. I try to do it when I'm gardening and cooking and like wow. being in the world of typing. So yeah, wow. it definitely like is a thing. So thank you. That's really cool. Yeah, Laura. And, and I love, cause you're a real example of, I think the future of sustainability. It really I've never seen an example of that, quite frankly, of using such a heart-centered approach, but um, um, to, to, to sustainability and approaching um, like healing the earth. It was, and it was such a good combination of the heart, but also talking about your experience in law and like very grounded intellectual things right. um, as well. It was amazing because honestly, uh, you know, the future really comes through us. Like no one's going to save us. Mm-hmm. it's really coming through us right now and that's really what our hearts desires like those bring us in the direction of what we need to be doing what our role is in healing the earth and also healing society and it's all interlinked you know because mm-hmm. I don't deal with so much in healing the earth I really deal with healing of people but knowing that when I help heal people those people that feel called to heal the earth will be more able to take action and and make the changes that their soul really wants them to to do so it's all our work together is all interconnected Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, no and I'm kind of smiling because like even just listening to you right now it's like because your voice is the meditation that I did so it's like (laughs) it's pretty funny um and I remember there's like one part of the meditation where it's like people it's like to actually do good things, like not just think good things, but do good things. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really cool. Aww, <laughs> I like that. That's sweet. Um, okay. So yeah, what, yeah, we're moving right along. And yeah, what is Rainbow Spirit Healing? So what are your offerings? I mean, you can give the origin story if you want. I mean, you kind of already are. Um, what type of people do you support? Um, and then I'd like to know an example of something that's happened for your clients, but I guess I, I also just gave one. So, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just talk about rainbow spirit healing. Yeah. So it is my healing practice and I tend to attract people who have big hearts 
and they are passionate about their path of service. And it's all different for everyone. Everyone feels called to a different path in order to help evolve and heal humanity. So I help people um, really overcome their inner obstacles to completely stepping in their power with confidence and belief in themselves and doing the work they feel called to do. Now, it's usually a combination of physical, mental, and emotional issues that they're struggling with because it's hard to go 100% in the direction that your heart's calling you when you have chronic pain. It's hard to step in your power and bring your gifts and light and expression into the world when you're struggling with crippling fear, when you're struggling with imposter syndrome, when you have a lot of money fears. So I help people, uh, I help people heal those parts, like physically heal, but the mental and emotional part, I help energetically remove things like fear, imposter syndrome, self-doubt. And I help people feel empowered with confidence, yeah, courage, belief in themselves, and clarity as well, and the ability to take action with ease so they can share their unique medicine with the people that are waiting for them because there are people waiting for what you want to give the world 100 percent. thank you yeah. that was great yeah i yeah i really appreciate all that you're yeah giving to the world and mm -hmm. yeah it is really amazing thank you i'm gonna throw a curveball at you really oh. quick but just as you were talking about that i'm just, like how do you approach what you eat mm. That is a great question. Well, I think I'll just I'm going to ask everybody this year, this season. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I want to, yeah, after all of this, like, yeah, how do you approach what you eat? Yeah, I mean, I've had, that's an interesting question and there's different perspectives to it because I've had a, a weird relationship with food and like have had eating disorders in the past and things like that. But okay. now I try to approach food through an energetic lens. Yeah. So... Um, fresh foods have more life force energy. The, right. the less cooked something is, the more life force energy it has. Mm. And then, um, you know, some foods also are more grounding. Like, mm. and you know, and some some are better for the lower chakras. They're more grounding and energizing and strengthening. Mm. Like, I've tried to be vegetarian and vegan so many times, but it just yeah. doesn't feel good for my body. Yeah. But eating grass-fed, high-quality meat, where you know the animals had a good life, because that energy goes into them that has a yeah. specific frequency mm -hmm. that meat can be very strengthening for the lower chakras mm. very strengthening grounding yeah um and then i also in the past i've been kind of almost more strict like trying to not eat sugar and like junk foods but that adds an element of like fear emotion and, yeah yeah you feel fearful and it makes you feel scared and stressed out and that frequency of energy causes energetic blockages and your energy system and life force energy will not flow as freely yeah. and so over time that can manifest as physical illness or you're just you know you have you're just feeling more stressed out about it and you will only attract things situations that resonate at that frequency so you you just want to do things that make you feel happy and joyful and alive and mm -hmm. just so good and so for me I like to eat healthy foods that support my energy, but also like to like indulge with, you know, we've been spending time with family and right. food is a big part of our family. Dessert yep. is a big part I of know. our family. I went for the Sunday bar. Yeah. Me too. Which I avoid, I really avoid sugar mostly, but I was yeah. just like, nope, I'm doing it today. 
and the next day (laughs) because it's so good because there is an emotional component it is yeah so you're having nostalgia emotion (laughs) yeah yeah but you're not like eating it in an an abusive way which you can as well right yeah it's a great question yeah yeah (laughs) thank you that was a really good answer too and i i've definitely been at least since the the winter was really hard for me i mean the two blizzards were like really brutal and it was just it was a rough winter um, and I felt very like cold all the time. Mm-hmm. And I started eating a lot more sweet potatoes and carrots, like things that are like grounding in the ground and mm-hmm. ginger, like warming. And it really, I mean, also it's summer now, but it, I feel like it helped a lot because I was definitely, yeah, needed. I was way too much in my head and I needed to, yeah, ground down. And, and I can see food is definitely a way to do it. So, yep. That's thank so you. Cool. Thank you. Did you feel intuitively called to those? Or I had read about it in okay. the in like Ayurveda mm-hmm. concepts, but I once I once I read like oh like you know if you're really cold all the time and you're more in your head like to try to get foods that are grounding and this is the list sweet potatoes and carrots are on there and I was like oh yeah that's I need that and mm-hmm. and they're so delicious like yeah so I I've been yeah eating a lot of carrots and sweet potatoes wow. maybe less now this summer and now that it's hot yeah salad wow i could talk about food all the time I'm yeah glad I a podcast episode about I it you I, sound like you have a wealth of knowledge i, I have a lot of thoughts um that yours complimented so yeah, yeah. thank you um okay so now we're going to the last question and this is like yeah the original question that i kind of i fell away from for the past couple of seasons but i wanted to bring it back so where do you experience, like in yourself, society, anything, a world that is dying and then one that's being born to take its place? That's a beautiful question. And the first thing that came to my mind is within ourselves. Like that is the process of healing and transformation. It is the letting go and the dying of things that no longer serve us, like our fears, like our limiting beliefs and our negative belief systems we grew up with. It's leaving behind people we no, long, we no longer resonate with. It's leaving behind careers and lifestyles that served us for so long, but they don't have a place in our future. And that can be hard and that can be painful and sad. And there's a grieving process to change. But when you focus on what is the next um, evolution of you, what's the next chapter of you, how do you feel every day waking up? What do you want to do with your precious and valuable energy, time, and love? What do you want to build? What do you want to create? Start And start looking to the future and, and bringing in a new evolution of your projects and yourself and your life. Um, but it's a continuous process at every level. It's mm-hmm. letting things yeah. go and grieving that. Because even things like fear, it's like it serves us. It keeps us safe and yeah. comfortable. And that we all need safety and comfort and feeling comfortable. But how much is that really serving you? And how much can you let go of that? And how moving forward, can you also create levels of safety and comfort in your new life of expansion mm-hmm. and stepping out of your comfort zone? And really seeing what you can create and who you can become. And not only that, but who you want to become. Because we are drops of the divine. We're creative beings. And so it's just so powerful to reclaim our power as creative beings to be the highest forms of ourselves, so we can be the greatest servants to 
changing the world for the better and healing the earth and healing each other as well. That's beautiful. Thank you, Susie. (laughs) Thank you. So, yeah, we're at the end of our conversation. It's been really amazing. Where can people find you um, and connect with you if they yeah, have any questions or want to find out more information? Definitely. So I have a website, www.rainbowspirithealing.com. I'm also active on Instagram, on TikTok, and I'm very active on YouTube where I post free short healing videos that you can actually connect to and receive healing energy to hear, heal various physical, mental, and emotional ailments. Um, so connect with me on those channels. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me or reach out. I love hearing from people answering questions about pranic healing and healing and just assisting anyone on their healing journeys. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Time Laura. Yep. <laughs> it's great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Keeping Things Alive podcast. For more information about sustainability, this podcast, and my book, Silent Seasons, Chasing Sustainability Through the Law, please visit www.keepingthingsalive.org.